Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook. I am your host, James K, and right now you are listening to the podcast version of this show. If you want to contact me or anybody involved with the show, you can always do so by emailing the mailbag, which is theskyhookmailbag at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me or the show's handle, and my handle is james underscore m underscore k-a-y, and the show's handle is at skyhookin, which is s-k-y-h-o-o-k-i-n. As always, you should follow the Windsider Network on Spotify. They are doing some great work. There's so many great shows involved with that network. I highly recommend checking them out. I think Rachel Galligan and Arya Schwartz on their Windsider show, they had Chelsea Gray on. I mean, how exciting is that? I'm so glad they got to do that. I haven't been able to listen to that one yet, but I'm going to. I'm so excited, despite that Chelsea Gray destroyed the sky the last time out, especially that fourth quarter. But hey, we'll get to it with, um, yeah, with Brian, who is always a pleasure to have on. I hope we get to have him on again later down the road. Ten more games, people. Ten more games until the playoffs. So yeah, let's not uh, let's not belabor the point. Let's do this. Okay, Brian, since I'm either one for four or like two for five in pronouncing your alias correctly, I think I'm going to abandon trying to say it every time I mention you. But at the same time, I also don't want to like lose the flair that your name possesses. So from here on in, I'm just going to call you Mr. Sky Show. It's like casually former, uh, casually uh, formal. You know what I mean? Like, is that good with you? No, that definitely works. I like it. It's a sky show. <laughs> yeah, the shy is always a part that kind of throws everyone off. Oh my so god! Just keeping it like sky show, like like lasered on on that is like ideal. So I feel like I have to like buy you a like sky themed top hat now with Mister Sky Show. I feel like that'd be so perfect. But um, <laughs> anyways, we have. So much to talk about today, and I just want to lay it all out for the audience before we get into the thick of it. We're going to get into the Sky's brutal schedule ahead of them. We're going to preview the Sky's games against the Sparks and Aces that's coming up this Friday and Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit about how 2K Sports included WNBA teams in their upcoming game. And I think we're going to finish this off, you know, talking about the aftermath of Brittany Griner's suspension. But let's first lead off with Jantel Lavender's injury because that's you know, specific to Sky fans, and it's a huge, uh, a huge loss for the team. But for those who didn't see it on social media or whatever, you get your Sky news last night. The Sky put out a press release saying that Gentel suffered a left foot fracture that is going to sideline her for the next eight to nine weeks. And the playoffs start in September, and like September 11th to be exact. So unless the Sky make it to the finals and go to Game Five, which I believe would be October 25th. That's according to the WNBA's website, I believe. Gentel is probably not going to be seen on the court again this season. Mr. Sky Show, how crushing of a blow is this? Um, it, it's really huge. Um, I tweeted out even that uh, this was like one of the top offseason acquisition, 
acquisitions that happened uh, this WNBA offseason. So um, this is this is a big part of the Sky uh, identity that they really formed throughout the season. Uh, Jantel started um, after like the first game, basically. Um, she already had familiarity with Allie Quigley, Courtney Vandersloot. Uh, the chemistry was starting between her and Stephanie Dolson. Um, and everyone on the team really, really just like enjoyed her presence and her veteran expertise and uh, her ability just to make a long range jump shot, a, a two pointer, of course, <laughs> not, a, not always a three pointer. Um, but uh, she was everything on the court, even her like chemistry with uh, Cheyenne Parker, um, them two forming a, a strong front court. It, it just was really important to how this guy really got to their record that they have right now. Oh, absolutely. And in terms of what the team was trying to accomplish this season, let's call a spade a spade. Like, this sucks. Like, Jantel was one of the only players on this team with, like, meaningful playoff experience. And it has just been one of the rocks, like you said. And this team really could depend on her since she was acquired in the preseason. She was averaging, like, 11.8 points per game since July. And I think that's third on the team during that stretch but she's also leaving behind 27 minutes per game that she has averaged since July. This is just such a huge hole to fill despite the team's production from the bench. And not to mention, like you just said, she's one of the leaders on this team. And most teams that lose that type of like on-court leadership, like those teams typically lose some zeal in their play. With that said, I'm not sure that's going to happen here based on how this team is rallied from behind in both games, but also just them dealing with the never ending list of injuries. Like, do you think this is really going to stunt them as much as the numbers indicate? I mean, just based on how this team has played, it kind of seems like they could keep pushing forward. Yeah. And we, we definitely saw that with that, uh, uh, the, the sparks game on Sunday or last week. Um, they, it was a lot of fight. Uh, even Diamond to Shields mentioned it on a quote. Um, they're just really playing it for the. They're playing hard for the players that aren't there that aren't able to play with them at that time. It was like Courtney Vandersloot, uh, Faulkner, and Lavender. Um, so there's this is definitely like adds a little bit more edge to them. Um, maybe more people kind of count them out now, and this is where you kind of can show your skills, show everything that work was worked on in practice with Dantel and even without. Um, definitely not an opportunity for a few of the other forwards on the team. Um, just it, it's 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 really a terrible stuff that ter- terrible thing that going to happen uh, in a season. But of course, it's it can also be like rallied behind too. So um, well now yeah, it's, now that Jantel is out, who do you see being implemented into the starting lineup? Yeah, I, I tweeted a few of my thoughts out there, uh, but I think a student Endor yeah. is the prime like recipient of this of these minutes and of the starting uh, lineup position uh, just her ability to shoot the three um, shoot from long range um, is really helpful uh, we saw against the, the Sparks her length pretty uh, used pretty well against Candace Parker uh, of course like there's not always a Candace Parker at the four um, in every team but uh, I felt like a student did a pretty good job at that point um yeah, and then of course this is just like a starting, starting minutes. It doesn't really dictate what's going to happen throughout the whole game. Absolutely. And then the fourth, uh, I can always really see like uh, Cheyenne Parker even getting those, the like the final fourth, the fourth quarter minutes too. Um, 
so it's it's really definitely a bit by committee and there's definitely minutes out there where uh, players can all produce and hopefully kind of gain some experience here brian do you hear that buzzing that yes. is the Lou Hive swarming Wintrust Arena as the sky prep for Friday and Sunday. All jokes aside, like, I don't think that starting Lou is the right decision. And as, like, the fan of this show has heard me say over and over again, Katie Lou is going to be great in this league. And, I mean, she has also looked so much better coming back from injury and just looks healthier, quite honestly. But I still, I agree with you. I kind of think that Astuna Dor is the person to really maximize this team's identity right now. And she is the clear-cut fit right now to, like, just take over Jantel's role. Like you said, she provides that defense and ability to shoot the ball. In terms of just, like, trying to keep the ship steady, I just think that she needs to, like, take over Jantel's minutes. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the next 10 games because it's a really rough stretch for the Sky. Even with Jantel, like, Anyone who's going to be taking over her minutes at the four is just going to be dealing with just a really difficult matchup every game, honestly. Like, they have to go up against Dewana Bonner and Elena Deladon twice. They have to deal with Candace Parker on Friday. And even though, like, Asia Wilson will be out of this contest, um, I just feel like the drop-off between her and Derricka Hamby hasn't been steep. Like, Derricka Hamby has been putting on a show this season, especially since... Asia Wilson has been out, but even before then, she was probably in the running for a sixth moment of the year. But then there's also like these other smaller matchups like Nafisa Collier. She had her best scoring output of the season in her first game against the Sky. All of those difficult match- matchups are going to exist, you know, when the Sky play in the, their next 10 games. And I haven't even mentioned that they have to go up against the Sun again. Like, there just isn't much room for like experimenting with these lineups since the seeding for the playoffs are going to be determined in the next three and a half weeks. So I don't know, like, I feel like Wade is just going to go with the sure thing and Astuna Dora. Like, I feel that we know what we're going to get from Astu in a way that we wouldn't get from Katie Lou Samuelson. Maybe she does have a higher upside and her shooting ability and her offense can just be unleashed a little bit. But with all those other star forwards that she's going to have to go up against, I think Astu is probably going to be the answer here. But <laughs> it feels I feel so sad talking about all those matchups coming ahead. I mean, you seem like a positive dude. Is there like a positive <laughs> twist for what happened with Jantel? <laughs> um, I think a lot of maybe my a little bit of optimism is kind of yeah, just getting those minutes out there um, for the younger players, uh, Astu included. Uh, she's I forget her age, but she's, I think she's like the mid-20s or so, but she's, she's still a fairly young player. She's still, I think, still in her like fifth or fourth year in the league. Um, and this is also her contract year too, so she has, like, there's been opportunity, this is a good opportunity for her to kind of develop and kind of show her skills a little bit more. Uh, Katie Lou Samuelson also, um, just going out there, getting minutes, feeling like the defense isn't really just getting that confidence to shoot when she's out there. Um, all these, it, it's kind of, there's going to be a, a bit of committee work that needs to be done by the team, by the forwards in the post uh, to get kind of answers. Uh, definitely all any of Wade's decisions, decisions he's going to make for this like fourth power forward spot, um, it's going to be tested really, really difficult. Like with as much 
like it's gonna be really hard basically yeah <laughs> build a power forward spot um and everything's gonna be tested really well and some things might not work some nights and that work other nights um but i think that's where the team kind of just keeps having the rally together and like kind of show what they're worth um just collectively yeah i mean wade is such a good in-game coach that he really just messes around with the matchups that he thinks that he can find an upper hand in and if anyone is going to be successful with it i do think it's going to be him trying to figure out how to kind of fill the void that jantel is leaving with this team and i know like it sounds like she like i'm making it seem like she just died like she's still going to be with the team you know and that and that veteran leadership is so important and you just wish you could have it on the court but um so i would even say that um this kind of stretch could kind of this is this is a little bit more of a hotter take but this kind of stretch could really kind of show if james wade is kind of up there in the coach of the year discussion um if he can kind of put together some wins some just really competitive chicago sky games and and hopefully wins um i think that's something you really gotta look at considering just what's happened with this team and this roster from last year to this year um i think that's, that's there's something there oh definitely i think you can definitely make that case kurt miller I'm not sure he, like, uh, a couple weeks ago. There's definitely a lot of options out there, though, too. <laughs> exactly. Just, like, in terms of, like, determining the seating, even, it's just it's it's just so tight that you can really make a case for a lot of those coaches. Oh, Actually, yeah. let's just go down the line right now. Um, I mean, I just outlined that schedule for what the Sky have coming up in the next 10 games, but I also didn't know that the Sky have five road games in that 10-game stretch and that they have to face top eight teams in the league, like, eight times in those 10 games. So the glass half empty mentality would be that they could lose substantial ground without one of their key players in Jantel. But the half, uh, the half full glass mentality would say that there is a chance to cement. I don't know. I feel like it's a much needed buy and home court advantage in at least round one. I think that's a possibility. So Mr. Sky show, what is the realistic ceiling for this team, seeding wise, and what it like? What is its realistic floor? So I, I, it's like as optimistic and kind of I'm like both optimistic and pessimistic at times. So, <laughs> um, I think even before Gentel's injury, I think my most optimistic ceiling for this team uh, was to make it kind of to the semifinals against like a top number one or number two seed. Uh, so basically, that five game series, the first five game series of the playoffs. Um, and that was like my most optimistic. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not even always willing to go like top four like finals predictions. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my most optimistic idea. Uh, but with Jantel's injury, I think that ceiling definitely it, it it definitely comes down a bit. Where I could I can see them going past maybe one of the single elimination games, um, but but two would would definitely be. It, I, it, that's kind of where like the ceiling is for me. Um, yeah, and so for floor, I still think this is a playoff team. So just getting into that single elimination, that first single elimination game for the first round, um, I think this guy can always just kind of just make noise from there. I agree. Just like going through this, I think we have to start by eliminating teams the sky won't catch, despite being in the running for the top seed statistically. Like the Mystics are going to coast to the number one spot 
like their schedule is just too easy for a team that good not to blow it by everyone for that top seed. I mean, they go up against the Liberty and Wings twice and the Fever once. That is enough for them like to seal the deal there. It gets a little bit more interesting, though, if you just look through the schedules of the, you know, these top five teams. Connecticut at the two spot, it's not completely secured. I mean, they have five of their ten games on the road. And like the Sky, despite killing it at home, they aren't a road warrior like the Mystics. And no team in the WNBA is really a road warrior besides Washington. That two seed is just dangling for teams like the Aces, who have six road games in their last eight games. And the Sparks, I mean, they're peaking at the right moment, but who really knows what could happen there. I just feel like the Sky are right there, and I'm not trying to sound like a homer when I say that. They just have the depth to compete with every team outside of the Mystics right now. They just they need to step it up on defense on the road because their defensive rating like on the road it just plummets so hard. It's a staggering 13 point separation uh, when they win on the road versus when they're uh, when they lose on the road. They pretty much score the same amount of points on the road as they do at home. So it really does come down to, like to their defense. I think this team can get as high as the second seed just in terms of how close they are in these standings and just that anything can happen down the stretch like this. I've seen so many great teams just crumble in like the that last stretch that they really need to pull through. And these under-the-radar teams just kind of come up and pull through. At, with that said, I just think that... Uh, they're just going to hover around the four and five seeds like they are right now. Just You can't really depend on them on the road. I don't see the Lynx or Storm catching up to them, which is why I say that their floor is probably like the, fi- like the five seed. And especially with the Mercury down Brittany Griner for three games, I don't see them really knocking on the door for the fourth seed either. But um, am I just being too optimistic? I don't know. I feel like I just deter between being optimistic and pessimistic with this team. I just... Yeah, that's a, I, I feel like there's still a chance the Lynx and the Storm can still, like, come through and kind of, I mean, the Storm just keep playing just strong, gritty, just end up winning basketball. Um, you know, like, Jordan Canada and uh, Natasha Howard are still kind of doing a lot stronger than I think people people definitely expected at the beginning of the season. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little bit, I think my floor is a little bit lower than, like, First six, I would even think maybe a seventh or eighth, and you just have to deal with a little road single elimination game. But I still think that single elimination game, even if the sky on the road, I think they could still do something there. Um, but yeah, yeah it's 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 gonna be around like that area. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the storm—you have to just be so impressed with what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I always forget their head coach's name, but that's another uh, great. Yeah, Dan Hughes, like, you gotta give that, just coaching staff in general for, like, how they filled in for him at the beginning of the season. Just so much credit. Maybe you can make that Dark Horse uh, candidate for Coach of the Year. So, I know we were going to do winners and losers of last week, but I don't want to harp on last week too much since there's just so much excitement ahead for the sky. And quite frankly, like, the WNBA in general, you know. But I do want to ask you, in that Sparks game last Sunday... Do you think the Sky should have fouled when Candace Parker had the ball at half court with 10 seconds left? And, you know, she made that pass. I forget who she passed it to. But they finished um, at the rim. And they, you know what I'm talking about? The Sparks had a three-point game at the end. 
I could not believe that when I saw it live. But what do you, do you mean? Do you think they should have fouled Candace Parker there? Um, there is. If, if maybe Gabby was a little bit a second early, she I think she could have stolen that ball even. Ooh. Um, yeah, there's, there's. I think I don't know. It was, it was getting kind of hazy at that point. I, Diamond was like right there. She could have definitely fouled, but at that point, I kind of always also like seeing like chaos happen. And, I feel like the chaos is what kind of can, like, could all of a sudden make someone steal the ball randomly or drop the ball or, like, I, I think I kind of wanted that chaos out there because I felt like that could have made something else happen besides them shooting free throws and then we're down three still. Um, I, I, but I definitely get your frustration, but I, I, I think I like chaos out there. No, <laughs> I, can, work out, so. I get that too, and I understood that yeah. strategy, but then... I don't know. I feel like you have to force the game in a way like, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so torn with this because <laughs> the two losers I had for this week were one not fouling Candace on that play. And the other one was that so predictable Allie Quigley three at the end of that game or it just seemed like that was just not the most creative play at the end of the game there. Like they brought a Katie Lou Samuelson and I thought, oh my God, is this going to happen? Are they going to give Katie Lou the opportunity to really seal, like, uh, you know, send this to overtime and really empower her? And that didn't happen. It just seemed like that was the most obvious play they could have drawn up there with Allie Quigley, you know, one of the better three-point shooters ever, not like, you know, trying to spot up and, you know, she got double teamed at the end there and just hoisted up a three. Ugh. I think I had a tweet out there even that uh, there's like a timeline where Top Diamond like sees like Katie Lou at the corner of her eye and she she passes it to Katie Lou and she makes it and yeah that, that narrative kind of like fixed a little bit up and said like Diamond just try to oh saw the open like open rim so she tried to drive it and she got fouled um, yeah that, there's there's so many things that could have happened at that point but it's nitpicking yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. like it's nitpicking but it's just like. In those games, I just want to see the sky just kind of pull together more. I mean, there's just times where it seems like the team can panic a little bit, and that kind of seemed like it was one of those times. But again, Ali was going off in that game, so I understand giving her the ball, and she probably wanted the ball in that situation. But uh, I just think they could have... I mean, they have thrown out some interesting lineups in the last few games, just like trying to empower some of those younger players and... I thought we're just going to see what another one of those times where even if uh, Diamond wasn't shooting, I mean, yeah, no, because Diamond was inbounding the ball, I believe. She, I would have like freed her up even and maybe try to, try, I mean, she's one of the better shooters they have in terms of just pure talent. Maybe the statistics have kind of dropped off a little bit in the second half for her so far, but uh, I was just so frustrated watching that game. And it just seemed like those two crucial mistakes or something that, I mean, it, just, it looked like a team that just could, like, we could see some of those mistakes come playoff time. And that's just kind of scary when, uh, you know, when this team does want to win this year. And, I mean, of course, the, everything changes with Jantel's injury. But at that time, they didn't know that she was going to be out for as long as she is now. So, yeah, um, yeah hopefully this guy can kind of just remedy the whole thing and on Friday kind of just get this win to make it a little bit better. Well, let's, uh, let's move over to that one then. So... Uh, let's see. So this week's set of home games with this guy, I think they are set to face the Sparks and the Aces. So the Sparks won their last time out in L.A. like we just talked about. Uh, no need to talk about it more. But um, 
So yeah, who do you have in this game and like what adjustments do you think the Sky are going to make this time around? Um, well, I think I think they'll probably I think I saw recently in a tweet or social media or something that, that Courtney Vandersloot and Jameer Falconer will be back too. Um, so that I'll go again, change like rotates everything. The rotation basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see if we still get Point Gabby out there. Um, we'll see how the bench mob kind of looks. Now, if one bench mob player moves to the starting lineup, um, I, I don't believe they're going to end up signing anybody or anything like that, um, just because I think just the way contracts are set up, and I think the timing of it is kind of kind of weird, too. Um, and I feel like James Lloyd would probably be pretty set with the depth and the players that he has out there. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, like, I feel like it'd be kind of a slap to the face to all these great bench players too, if they just signed someone else and expected that player to come in and contribute right away, you know, like that doesn't seem like the best recipe for success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I, I I don't know if there's anything too drastically different they could do from the last game, but actually I did have a, I was, was wondering like kind of what happened from that first quarter to second quarter. Do you have like a, an answer to it i was kind of watching it and just kind of all of a sudden that lead kind of just disappeared for a team that's so gritty and resilient sometimes i kind of feel like they feed off of that resiliency and trying to come back and sometimes like those teams have a hard time maintaining league leads they just seem like to lose a little bit of their aggressiveness i actually almost tweeted that out during the game just sometimes that energy can fall off and i do think this team does thrive on just being the underdog and just kind of scraping back into things. And it's a dangerous formula to continue to try to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, when it when you lose your point guard, that really is the heart of the team and facilitates the offense. I mean, think about it. If your offense is, you know, not producing in the way that they're, uh, you know, the, when they're, then the offense is not peaking in the way that Courtney is able to do, that also affects the defense on the other end where, you're not set up right away because maybe a costly turnover will just mess with the whole flow of the offense. And like, it's hard because Courtney is so great because she's able to run in transition, but like her half court offense is also something that she really does take time out of the clock. So I do think that's also something that really hurt the team. And also just a lot of stupid contested jump shots. Like Gabby shot the ball too much. I think that was something that during that game, I was just so frustrated by because that's not her strength. She's more of a slasher. And I think her future is more of a, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, kick, a go, <laughs> drive and kick. That's what it is. She's more of a drive and kick specialist. I think that's where she's going to be her most productive if she does continue to be a point guard. And James Wade did say at during at one point during the season that Gabby's future is being a point guard. Maybe that was just, again, trying to make her feel more comfortable in the role, but um, yeah, I think that they, the team really did lose its energy, and there was just so many dumb shots during that game. Like, Jantel, man, like, oh wait, no, she wasn't in that game. I'm trying to think, there was some, there was some dumb shots during that game where I just, uh, you can't be successful, especially against a team like that, and take as many dumb shots as they did. That said, I mean, again, it really does show where this team is at, being able to just claw back and, uh, you know, they know when to bring it. And I think that is a plus and a minus for this team. I don't know if that's the answer you were looking for, but that's kind of what I noticed. So wait, who do you have in this game? Well, it's kind of, 
Travis Parker homecoming. Ugh. I know. I think I even like tweet about. Uh, I think I tweeted her at one point about like Portillo, or she keeps tweeting about Portillo's whenever she comes to Chicago. So we'll probably see one of those again too. Um, I, I did also like say before that ideally the Sky steal like one of these four games. So they've already done that kind of with that first Aces game. So I kind of I. Yeah, I, think I kind of going against this guy in this one and thinking LA still comes out um, with their depth here too and kind of comes out pretty strong in this one. I just feel like this... I think it's Skyler, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Like, the Sky are just a different team with Courtney Vanderstoop running the point and they are just a team that despite like that, uh, that rough losing streak at the end of June, I believe... They just have shown that they can bounce back after tough losses, and that really was a tough loss like we just talked about. And I think they do that here. Like in the last five games, they've averaged 90 points per game, and their opponents have surrendered the fourth most turnovers in that span. This defense can be stingy at home, and I think we're going to see that this weekend in both games. I just It'd be hard for me to see with them getting slewed back. And I mean, I do think that losing Jantel is going to be huge for them, but they still were in it without her in the last game, so... Um, I do think that this guy pulled this off. It's going to be a close one, though. I mean, Chelsea Gray. Oh, my God. Chelsea Gray is just unbelievable. Every time I watch her play, I'm just blown away by something new that she shows on the court. It's just it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I thought that Gabby would be someone that could really shut her down that last game. But, you know, 26 points. I mean, I think most of those came in the second half, if I remember correctly. But, um. Next Sunday, though, the Sky take on the Aces. So who do you have in this one? And do you think we're going to see a different lineup from Wade in this one versus what he puts out on Friday with Joe, like with Jantel no longer being in the mix and they're going to try to figure out what they want to do as a team? Or do you think we're going to, he's going to try to establish some consistency with that starting group? That's a good question. I think I'll probably start with the consistency, though. I think, um, yeah, I still think the ideal lineup would be uh, indoor and starting at the four and then Cheyenne off the bench. Um, and I think I even saw that like it's a potential game that Asia Wilson could come back to. So that might factor into things, but... Um, Is that I mean, true? Yeah, I, I thought I saw yeah. that she was still sidelined for quote-unquote weeks, but I read that last week. So there's, there is a possibility that Asia comes back in this game. Yeah, I think I saw it recently from an Aces reporter. Interesting. His name I forgot, but yeah, but I think I tweeted out there somewhere. Um, yeah, so, so that's a potential, like, changing thing in this game. Um, and then this is, like, the Aces' first time in Chicago, too. Um, and I think a lot of the Aces players are, it's basically the very, the Aces are basically the most trendy, trendable team in the WNBA <laughs> right now, I think. So I think, I'm expecting a bit, a pretty big crowd on Sunday too. Um, and then it's like Liz Cambage's first time in Chicago this year. Um, so I think that's, that's a lot of energy, a lot of sky fans, sky fans, sky town's going to show up. Um, and I actually think that Chicago gets another one from the aces and they, I think they won this game. I think so too. And I love what the Aces are doing without Asia Wilson. And I went to this like with my notes thinking that she wasn't going to play in this game. But seriously, like I said before, Dirica Hamby is just a matchup nightmare with her defense and like newfound shooting ability. 
my gut is telling me too that this has a potential to be a big Liz Cambage game. And with that said, I do think that Wade can draw up a scheme to limit her. That's something that we've seen him do many times around all the star players that the Sky faced this season. The problem is, though, is that Liz's court vision has been fantastic this season. And I mean, her turnover like her turnover rate has gone up, but but her like assist rate has also gone up this season. And she's just able I mean, she's also playing with a star studded cast with the aces. Um, you know, having Asia Wilson and then Kayla McBride and uh, Kelsey uh, Plum in the backcourt doesn't hurt to have when you're trying to find people to, you know, rack up some of those assists. But I do trust Wade in this one. And I don't think we're going to see another Allie Quigley four-point perform. Like, excuse me. <clears throat> I don't think we're going to see another Allie Quigley four-point performance like she had the last time out. That's just not something that we see from her that often. Um I think that this is another tight game that is decided by five or fewer points. And the Sky really do need this one bad. I think you got to win these next games at home before you hit the road when the Sky really haven't shown that they can really consistently take over some of these road games. And with the standings where they're at, I do think they bring something more to the table here that... um, I wouldn't say it's desperation because I feel like all these, like the top eight teams in the league right now are they are dealing with some level of desperation trying to claw their way into a higher seed in the playoffs. But I do think this guy bring it at home and they are going to limit Liz Cambage. But I also wouldn't be surprised if this is a huge game from Liz because she knows what's on the line. And uh, maybe having Asia Wilson back, just maybe she's a game time decision and then she's inserted into the starting lineup and that gives the Aces some like a spark plug that happens even before the game. You know what I mean? I know that's a weird way of phrasing it, but like, you know, she can rejuvenate this team that doesn't need to be. Again, like to keep saying it over and over again, Derek Hamby is filling in really nicely for her, but there's something about having one of your stars back and someone who's really stepped up as a leader on this team. And and these games with the, the Sky and the Aces have been decided by eight or less points in the last two match matchups. And... I mean, the Sky lost in that eight-point game in the first, um, in that first time around in Las Vegas, and the second time the Sky won by three. So, one thing that I've noticed in the last couple minutes of these games, especially tight games for the Sky, is that sometimes they can kind of fall apart a little bit and get overwhelmed by the star power of another team. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happened here, especially if Asia Wilson comes back, but. It's also really hard to count out the Sky at home. And I do think that the Sky are going to take this game. Um, So, Brian, I actually have been dying to do this next segment with you ever since I saw it on Twitter. um, Because I think it is a big deal for the league. It was announced a few days ago that 2K Sports has decided to include the W in its upcoming NBA 2K game. And, I mean, the trailer for the WNBA mode just looks awesome and it featured Stewie and Candice for the most part and some great interview bits from Candice and I may say so myself the graphics look pristine and I think you tweeted out right that the diamond to shields attire is spot on and they did that one right um but you know despite some of the meat like you know disgustingness around the meatheads on Twitter talking about WNBA players I do think this is going to be a big win for the league but first off, before we talk about the impact this will have on the league, do you play 2K? Um, I played 
played 2K back back kind of the back in farther back in the day, um, kind of before all like the microtransactions or all that stuff, and kind of when I had more time, uh, I kind of played a lot more, especially when they had the Michael Jordan cover uh, and everything like that. A lot in college too. Um, so like maybe my like my, my most recent 2K was probably 2K 16 or 15 or so. Um, but after that, I definitely trailed off and stopped. But um, this is this is definitely gonna make me come back. Oh, um, I even think it. I I just this is yeah. I'm back in it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna test your fandom right now. So okay. I want you to picture this scenario. You download the game. It loads up. You go through the preview of Stewie dominating everyone with her post moves. You click on the play now mode. In your first time playing the game, do you roll with this year's Sky team or do you run with the teams like the Aces or Mystics who have players with better overall ratings? Uh, it's always the Chicago Sky. This is ride or die Chicago Sky time now. Um, I'm always going with, going with this team. Can uh, I go like Vanderstoot with 23 assists or something. All the threes rally quickly. Diamond to shields, blocking everything and going for it all. Um, yeah, it's 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 all the time Chicago Sky. I might even just do Chicago Sky my, versus Chicago Sky just to get all the Sky Town feeling into it. So that was the right answer. Because I was going to say, if you yeah. said anybody else, I think you might have uh, been pushed off your yeah, pedestal. I just as... delete my account and I'll yeah. just throw it all out there. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm I'm excited for this for on yeah. many levels because like all jokes aside, I mean, do you think this is going to have an impact on like the non WNBA fans and how they perceive the league? Uh, definitely. Uh, I was even like following the league pretty closely back when like NBA Live like debuted their WNBA um, play now mode. So I from there you could really see. I even saw uh, like one of the first tweets from. Um, like the WMA Weekly crew, um, they were like they definitely started their fandom just seeing that, thinking it was really cool having WMA players play in this video game. Um, and I think from that started like a Twitter firestorm with Seattle Storm. They were like one of the first guys that did that whole like what WMA team should I root for that we kind of saw a lot of like earlier this month, it, earlier this season too. Um, so that kind of it, it's just a new audience to us to this whole, like, sports landscape. Um, and, of course, like, the, people always like to bring up, like, the, the two million copies of games that 2K sells, or two, some sort of million copies that are out there. Um, there's a, the whole, like, the NBA 2K League, like, starts with 2K itself. And now that the WNBA is there, um, the teams are shown there, the players are within the rosters, the updates will be coming at the same time. Um, just... Those it's it's a big thing, and I think that visibility is just really important. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, there's the trolls, there's the people that will say whatever they want, but um, there's also people acknowledging that like these trolls are kind of getting like ridiculous. There's like articles on, um, just I think I saw I literally tweeted a few articles just saying like, "What's with these people? Why why do you have to be this way?" Um, but it's it's kind of just all the more important part of the process of just getting the WNBA in people's heads and minds and them knowing that's out there. Um, that just brings in that 2K audience, which is pretty expansive, um, and they can just see the league um, for what it is. Um, the, the face scans, the body scans, 
they're like look, they're looking pretty good. I know I saw a few that, of course. I think I saw like Alyssa Thomas a bit unsure about her. <laughs> she's a little bit skinnier than she expected. Um, but we saw like that even have that it that just happens and I think there's always updates that happen throughout the season too or, or throughout the off season I guess. Um, and so I, it's it's all kind of coming together to show a good product that the WMA is um, and putting it out there for the audience and there's WMA fans that are probably all for it um, and probably I think it will convert some 2K fans some NBA fans about this new this league and kind of giving it a chance more than they did before I agree with you so much on this and on so many levels though this is so like it's very important that this happened. And I know that probably it's a video game that a lot of people are saying like, come on now, how much can that really influence people's behavior? And in terms of, uh, I don't know, I think that this could do so much in the long term if casual gamers just start attaching themselves like onto individual players that they play with in these games. They're going to, I mean, again, like they're going to be the morons who use the WNBA mode to make misogynistic jokes from the 1960s. But I do think there will be people who play the mode and start developing relationships with some of these players. Like, I'm going to sound like a dork here, but when I played my player mode back in the day, like, and if you don't know, like, what that is, it's a game ver like, a game mode where you are a prospect drafted onto an NBA team and you build your ratings through practice and games. But in that mode, when when I played it or whatever, I developed, like, a weird connection with the Utah Jazz because... I played with that team and my my player so much and I got familiar with like the bench players on the team and like weirdly the coach. Um, but, and like, of course I value my off time more than that now, but the younger generation growing up with this game could also establish that similar connection. like that I just described with some of the superstars in the game and business is all about generating narratives around your product. And this game is definitely going to help with that. And people who have bashed and demeaned women's sports can be given the opportunity through this medium to see that these are world-class athletes that they are watching and, and are playing with in terms of the video games. And, I mean, representation in sports goes beyond what happens on the court. I mean, this popular medium is something I think can really give current and future athletes the recognition they deserve. And... Even women who aren't interested in video games or sports should just be thrilled about what 2K is doing here because I do think these little things can have such a huge effect on our perception of women in sports, but I'm excited for it. I can't wait to mess around with Diamond to Shields and Ellie Quigley uh, when I buy the game. I haven't bought a 2K game in a long time, but I don't know. Do you feel like this is like a big moment, not even just for you know, female athletes, but just like, just women in general, just being more represented in this area of sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's good that everyone should have a chance to get anything, or <laughs> everyone should be able to get, like, represented and shown out there, um, especially in, like, in this medium, too. Um, and what you mentioned about, like, yeah, like, the people that have a lot of free time to play video games, a lot of them are, like, kids, too, and kids kind of see this, and kind of just understand that like there's there should be everybody in this video game not just uh not just the nba but and wnba too and kind of growing their fandom from there um it all it all makes sense and i feel like it's it's very important 
I mean, look at what we just saw with the U.S. women's national team. There is a lot that we can take away about the power that they had on how we view women's sports, and especially with children. Kids are impressionable, and when they see a wide array of people, whether that is a male, female, or transgender athlete, that is something that they are going to soak in and hopefully normalize and internalize, and that just shapes their worldview when they're able to see different types of people playing sports. I thought I saw something floating around social media, and I'm not sure how real it was, but someone tweeted that their kid said to them, wait, dad, can uh, can boys play soccer too after watching the women's <laughs> national team? And again, I don't know how real that is because people just do things for clicks, but there's probably in some version of that out there for some of these kids, like watching some of the greatest athletes in the world compete. I just think anytime we can get more representation for women in sports. It's just, it's enormous. I mean, especially in basketball. And I don't want to be a nerd here by just giving like an oral history of basketball, but basketball was created in 1891 and women have been playing it since 1892. How many leagues have been out there for women to actually participate in? I mean, I think I can name one off the top of my head, the ABL with uh shout out to the Iowa Cornets. If anyone's out there, who's participated on that team. But, you know, men have been able to play basketball since the late 50s, and women didn't really get their own league until the men's league was prioritized and was successful, and then they then people decided to pour resources into the WNBA, and it was successful. And the reason for that is because these people, okay, women can play basketball. Like, I don't understand, like, this argument that they can't, Obviously, it comes from, you know, people who don't study sport and, you know, really pay attention to what's happening on the court. I think most of these people can't even name four or five WNBA players, but it's such an important, like this representation is something that is actually kind of new in the last 20 years. And even then you can really argue that it's more of a five to 10 year uh, size, like a sample size of like women starting to get a little bit. Like are kind of just they're just due in terms of representation. Sorry to go off on that rant, but I just thought it was important to point out there that there's so many possibilities with this game. And like like you said before, like esports, it's booming right now. And you have, uh, you know, I wonder like what the possibilities are there in the 2K league that we're we're gonna see some WNBA teams being played with and some of these higher end gamers who have thousands, hundreds of thousands of viewers. So. It's a big thing. This is all I'm saying. I'll let it go. I, don't, I know people don't want to just hear the politics of all this, but I do think it was important to point out. Um, so I do think the biggest topic from this past week that circulated around sports culture is what happened with, yeah, like Brittany Griner and Christina uh, Anigwe. Am I saying that correctly? I always feel like I'm messing up. So all of you probably know what happened, but just in case you didn't, Things got chippy between Griner and Igwe, and it led to a bench clear- clearing fight that featured Griner punching an Igwe and actually making contact with an official. And Griner was later suspended for three games, while Anigwe and Kayla Thornton, who was involved in the altercation, got two games in uh, in their suspension. Griner said after the game, uh, after her suspension was announced, I should say uh, this quote. Does it impact my career in the WNBA? Yes, it does. Not right now, not this second, but how long I go? Yeah, it's definitely going to affect it. 
I mean, I love playing for the Mercury. That's the only reason I'm playing here right now. Definitely not playing for the W. The W don't do nothing. Brian, how big a deal is this quote? And do you think the WNBA made a mistake with the length of the suspension? It's a big quote. She's a star. She's a number one draft pick. Um, she was part of like the three to see, uh, and for her not to be like continuing with the WNBA would be uh, it would be pretty tough. Um, uh, but there, well, like this season that we've seen stars not um, with injury or with other pursuits, um, without stars being there, we do have other um, players kind of show up and show out and show kind of what what they have. Um, uh, Erica Wheeler is like an easy one that comes to mind just from that all-star game, but just from her story of just not sure if she wanted to continue doing like the, the professional basketball route, but through like a network, that included like Erica D'Souza, a former Chicago Sky player, um, that she got back into it. She got into some training camps and kind of developed. It's, it's, it's tough to not have stars, but there is still, there's still players that really committed and really want to like, just further themselves in their professional basketball career. Um, so it's I, I kind of see both sides of it where, yeah, just the, just the good and bad of both sides of it all. Um, yeah, and your other question was if I, the three games were, I think even Brittany Griner said like that she's fine with the three games. It was more so just everyone else or the uh, Anigua and uh, Thornton kind of getting that same length of suspension. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty, that's some pretty important, like, quotes that Brittany said. Uh, I, I think I recently, earlier today, also read a, like, a Michelle Vopel from ESPNW article saying, like, these are important quotes, and hopefully the commissioner, this is like a, this, this impacts the commissioner in some way that she talked to the players. Um, both Brittany Griner and even also recently the Liz Cambage, uh, Players Tribune article about mental health. Um, and all that, the news that's coming out, there's, there's just a lot of conversations that need to be had, um, like a, about this whole thing. Um, and it's important for our WMA commissioner to do this. Um, it's important that our players feel disrespected and understood throughout this whole league. And it's fixing it and kind of making sure it's at the right places. It's a tricky What's situation. Yeah, it's a weird situation because I don't want to defend Griner's actions because anytime you make contact with an official, you're going to be suspended more games than the players who fight back at you. That said, I kind of think the league should have suspended Griner the same amount of games as the other two just because I think they have to play the long game here a little bit. And there's some people saying that Griner was just you know, is just saying what she said because the incident just happened and that those feelings of animosity are still fresh. And, you know, she's losing three games of, you know, really meaningful basketball at the tail end here. I mean, the Mercury are in eighth place right now. Um, I believe that's where they are as they currently stand. And they're going to, she's going to miss a game against the sun. So that really hurts them. But I'm so torn with this because the league does need to start valuing these stars a little bit more, like you said, and like, Griner doesn't have to play 11 months of basketball a year. She can take the summer off with how much money she is making overseas. Like WNBA players like over the last two decades have sacrificed their bodies and time to like keep this league afloat. And 
have been treated like second-class athletes while playing in miserable conditions. So I get that the league wants to hold each player accountable to the same standard as the player next to the like next to them. But like in terms of marketing, like Griner is one of the most recognizable faces the WNBA has. And especially for people who don't follow the W the way that we do, like she is someone that her and Candace Parker, especially and Diana Taurasi are the like that nucleus that the league really has to really market the league. And um you know, losing someone like Griner, like just that I don't know, just that um, just that piece of like that player that really can stick out to those casual WNBA fans. I just feel like that'd be hard. But I do think that Kathy Engelbert really did make the right decision of just like calling Griner and even Liz Cambage, like good for Kathy Engelbert to have that conversation. Think, yeah, I'm not sure if she had a conversation yet. Um, oh, I'm not sure you. Yeah, I don't know. We're not there yet. Yeah, but I mean... I do think that is the correct step. I mean, do you think that they should be calling uh, these stars and just being like, look, we want to like lessen this tension between you and me. And I hate saying like, it, even saying it like that is even drawing a line when, you know, this really is something that I mean, the, the owners and players are on the same team. At least theoretically, they are on the same team in making this league successful. And the players have done their part. And again, like I said, they've sacrificed their bodies and time and there comes a point where the owners need to reciprocate and i think that kathy engelbert's role in this especially when cba discussions come up it's just gonna her role in this is gonna be huge and um wow i just sounded like donald trump right there i said huge um but it, she's gonna be a really key piece in all this um but do you have any other thoughts about the grinder incident um i guess i had also one idea well I, I kind of outed myself as a kind of big Christina Newway fan, um, <laughs> especially when the Chicago Sky, um, they were like, there's definitely a, a potential there that they were going to draft her at number four. Um, I think even James Wade had an article to sometimes saying like she was an option with like Arike and Jackie Young. Um, so I, definitely, I was like, I was learning all about like, like Christina Newway and like, um, just kind of her skill set and what she could have brought to the Sky. Um, and I thought actually they were going to draft her too, um, but yeah, it's it's the, she's definitely getting uh, just she's getting dragged all around Twitter. Um, even not even just like WNBA Twitter, but just Twitter itself. It's 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 really bad, and I I don't really see anyone else really kind of on the side of like kind of like not not like exactly like supporting her, but just kind of saying like let's not overboard with the all the like the jokes and the memes and the just i mean these this is like one important incident too um but people also don't just like stay in this kind of headspace or they don't just stay as like as at this point i don't know the best way to frame or to, to say it um but i just i also think of just like a younger Brittany griner too like the, the narratives that just kept pushing down on her um, at that point when she was younger um, with whatever physical um, games that she played or anything like that. Um, maybe, like, that kind of narrative kind of, like, made an impact in her career. And um, I hope that we kind of, like, like fix or, like, improve ourselves in a, in a way where, like, it doesn't, like, hamper, like, Christine Nigue's, like, career as well, where 
we just see a certain way that she is and just assumes that's how she always is. Like, these are people, these are people that, um, people get angry, people get, like, have all different kinds of emotions, happy, sad, uh, frustrated. Um, so I, I don't love all the Christine Equate dragging jokes. Uh, the people definitely get the jokes off. I'm not gonna, like, tell someone to stop saying something that they want to. Uh, but just know there's, like, a person there still too. There's all these, like, all the WM players are, they're important people. Um, they they're just trying to do their best in, the, in their world and their life. So that's just my kind of thoughts behind some of this. <laughs> so let's look at this in a basketball sense, because I kind of agree yeah. with you. Like, so what is Christine Inigwe's job in this sense when she's going up against someone like Brittany Griner? When Brittany Griner is one of the most dominant basketball players we've seen in this league. And if I mean, I think she is better than Christine Inigwe. I don't think that's a hot take right now. Um if you're Christina Nigue, you want to get in Brittany Griner's head. And, you know, maybe if you, since you're a smaller player, you can kind of like, you know, you have to be a little chippy and play a little physical. And, I mean, maybe she did take it overboard. I think after this show, I'm going to go back and look at some of that incident and just see, like, you know, in the prior games with the Wings and yeah, uh, the Yeah, I think it was like the prior games with the, the, the Sun, when she was on the Sun still. And the on the Rickers, Sun. They're still like, there's a... Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. That's what it was. Um, yeah. But, like, I want to go back and look at that and just see, like, okay, does Brittany Grinder have a point here? Or is she just kind of complaining that she got wrapped up in an altercation that lost her three games? I'm on Brittany Grinder's side for the most part with this because, like, I understand that, you know, maybe Christine Nigue did get a little too chippy. But at the same time, if you're an Igwe, it's like, what else are you supposed to do when you're facing someone like Griner, you know? Like, to tear... I agree. I feel like that hate of the Nigwe on social media especially has just been a little over the top just because Griner is one of the top, uh, you know, players in the game. And, like, Christina Nigwe is not the problem here. The problem is that WNBA stars have been mistreated for two decades and have been playing in terrible conditions and now the stars and are the frustrating. Too. We didn't, I don't even know if we even touched on that yet, but the refereeing kind of be all over the place. Oh my god! It's not helpful. <laughs> I I can't go into that. I actually was going to send you. Um, I was going to put that on one of the things that we talk about today on the outline that yeah. I sent you. Just like sh- yeah. the uh, should we talk about how atrocious the refereeing has been this league so far? I couldn't. I guess I'm just too mad. I can't <laughs> delve into that right now. It's crazy to me just how. I mean, I think it's a. Refereeing is like one of the hardest things to do because it's every, especially how fast these players have become. Like, we're not refereeing the same games like we were even like 10, 20 years ago. It's just these players are just so quick. At the same time, sports is the closest thing we have to a meritocracy, I feel like, especially, I mean, just in this country. I won't speak to the other ones. And like, when you take, especially with the Sparks and Sky game, like Candace, I think she committed two quick fouls. Um, at one point, I think it was the third quarter, and like when you saw the replay, like she didn't touch whoever was driving. I think it was Diamond on one play, and it's just it's so inconsistent. And I worry for the playoffs because I just feel like we have something brewing here where there's going to be one playoff moment where there's going to be a horrendous call, especially in the second half. It feels like some of these guys and or you know all the referees, men and women, have just seemed like they are just so trigger happy with that whistle. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was not going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, we'll not talk about that. Yeah, we'll stay away from that one. But um, 
yeah, it's it's been an interesting part of the W this season. But um, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap this thing up? Um, nothing really to plug. Just I'm always on Twitter. You can always see me at the Sky Show Shy. I'm always on Instagram too. Uh, just doing my best to promote the Sky Sky, promote the WNBA. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to talk closer to playoff time. Thank you, James. That wraps up the 11th edition of the Skyhook. Thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to give the show support. It really goes a long way here. And if you could even go a step further by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, It would really go a long way for the show, and as always, if you want to contact anyone involved with the show, you can always do so by emailing the mailbag, which is theskyhookmailbag at gmail.com, or you can always tweet at me or the show, and my handle is james underscore m underscore k-a-y. The show's handle is at skyhookin. And like I mentioned at the top of this, there's so many great podcasts coming from Winsiders Podcast Network, and I'm And I can't thank them enough for allowing the show to be a part of it. So, yeah, check that out. And thank you so much for joining me here again. And until next time, my friends. 